0: Welcome to the Sonic Nuance Electronics Podcast, focusing on topics of interest to worship teams as well as anyone involved with musical recording and performance. Today's interview is with worship arts director and educator Michelle Shepard from Las Vegas, Nevada. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, Ted. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So you're in sunny Nevada, is that right?
1: Yep, sunny Nevada. It still feels like summer here, too.
0: Yeah, it's sunny over here in California, too. So you're a a worship leader, is that correct, in the Crossing Church in Las Vegas? Is that your role?
1: Yep, my role here. um, The official title is Worship Arts Director. Uh, and I am also one of the worship leaders here on staff as well.
0: Got it. Can you tell me a little bit about that role, what that entails?
1: Yes. Um, I have been here on staff now for five years. Um, I started out in a creative arts administrative position, which uh, after 90 days quickly became music director just because I was filling a need at the church that we didn't have at that time. And so I immediately rolled into that and then uh, spent quite a few years, about, ooh, about four years doing that. And then they changed my role recently to worship arts director, um, just kind of um, having that umbrella over the ministry of worship, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And so it, it allows me to have a team of people. We have, I would say, 45 to 50 musicians that are on the team. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's quite a large group of people, my kind of people. I love them. Um, and so I literally get to uh, facilitate all of the, the music for the, the weekends. Um, we also do celebrate recovery here on campus, which we have worship teams for, and uh, various other special events and things like that.
0: Oh, wow. So you're quite busy.
1: Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we're starting an, uh, a new campus. Um, which is going to be the southeast campus. We're going to be the southwest campus. We will have that second campus, and I will be um, will be the umbrella ministry, kind of funneling musicians and worship leaders out to that campus as well.
0: Got it. And is the plan to have separate bands at the different campuses or uh, video it in?
1: We will have live bands. So we'll have a live band happening here. And we will attempt to recreate all of the programming, all of the music, the worship um, will be duplicated for the Southeast Campus. They will be doing um, video message most of the time, mm. but it will be live worship.
2: Yeah,
0: that's very similar to what we do at my church. We, we just opened a satellite as well, and uh, it's working out great. So I think you're on the right track. Uh, it's been working for us.
1: I might be calling you for, uh, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm,
0: I'm not on staff. I'm just a volunteer over here. Tell me about gathering musicians. Like what, what are some of the qualifications you look for in somebody that's going to serve as a volunteer?
1: I would say number one, the heart, of course. Um, I think with any, with any, uh, worship team or any band situation, um, there can be high levels of stress, high levels of um, uh, just emotionalism that, that comes out with people being artists and people being musicians, as you know very well. Um, and so I look for someone who, is, who really is here to serve and not just because we have a great stage with moving lights and fog and a, and a huge congregation and, and an online congregation as well, I'm not, I'm not looking for people who just want to jump up there and, and do it in front of people, mm-hmm. but they'll really have a strong relationship with Christ and that they know when they're worshiping it's for an audience of one, no matter how many people are watching. So that's first off. Um, and second off, of course, the skill set. Um, when you are needing to execute music uh, at a very high level, uh, under high amounts of pressure, because um, we have um, service directors talking in our ear, Everything is programmed, you know, down to, you know, each minute, basically. And, and we're literally trying to be mindful of the time, but also be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so just with leading through all of that, having a team that can, that can function under that kind of pressure and still be able to play. Because, you know, as well as I do, if you don't have the skill set and you're thrown into that environment, it can be meltdown city, you know, right mm-hmm. there in front of everyone. So I look for, number one, the heart. Um, and number two, the skill set and the drive to do what it takes to be in that position. All of the people that are on our worship team are considered leaders and they represent Jesus Christ and the values and the vision of the crossing church as well. So it's a big it's a big calling to be able to fill that role.
0: Great. And that's amazing that you have so many musicians that that uh, qualify under those uh, uh characters that you you brought up characteristics.
1: We are very 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 blessed in that. Yes.
0: That's great. Do you have a typical instrumentation for Sundays for the sermon? Yes,
1: yeah, so our teams for the weekends are usually we usually have 8 or 9 musicians um that includes the singers on on stage as part of the team. So it's not a huge team. I know some churches do, you know, lots of vocalists. We'll usually have Um, a couple of vocalists and, and a couple, you know, electric guitars, acoustic guitar, keys, drums, bass, um, whatever other special instruments that we can incorporate. Um, this weekend we're doing a song. Um, it's a Mumford and Sons song called The Cave. Oh, nice. And we are doing a series on the life of Joseph, which is called Optics. And it's about how you, how you see things and how, how you see God working and, um, so this weekend we'll be doing the song the cave by Mumford and Sons but it's very much you know you need the upright uh four yep. bass, you need the banjo the acoustic guitars um and so we'll be doing something kind of fun with that I'm putting a little piece together as a special so we we get to do some really fun things with music as part of our services here
0: neat neat and some of the special instruments you mentioned uh, banjo upright bass uh I, I know you play violin. Would that be uh, considered another one?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we do, um, we're able to implement that quite a bit. I, I do, I play violin in most of the time when I'm on the team. Um, it's kind of a cool instrument that you don't see in worship too much, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it really lends itself well for special pieces and things like that too. So.
0: Neat. And do you sing lead while you're playing violin?
1: <laughs> I. I would not like to do that. Uh-huh. I will do backgrounds, um, and if they're not extremely difficult, because literally without it being fretted, my brain has to go, whoo, you know, stretch <laughs> itself out like, oh, one half of my brain listen to my voice, the other half make sure my violin doesn't sound like, you know, a squealing pig or something. All right. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Neat. And um, do you do your teams use in-ear monitors or wedges, or how do they hear themselves?
1: Yep, we have an Avion system um, that our, our musicians that are pretty much going to be standing in one spot on the stage, they're on an Avion mix so that they can kind of mess with their own ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of us that need to be more mobile and be able to move around and shift around, we have the uh, wireless packs. Got it. So we'll go wireless and then have the in- ears with our own mixes.
0: So uh, your own mixes that you control or somebody else does the mix for you?
1: Our sound, our front of house tech actually does that for us.
0: Got it. Got it. And how does the levels get set? Is that during uh, the first few minutes of practice that you say, hey, can I have more drums? Uh, How does that work out?
1: Uh, We do our uh, worship team rehearsals on Saturday from two to four. Mm-hmm. And so everybody shows up, and Saturdays are the day to literally knock out um, getting the band to gel, getting the band tight, because we have a unique situation because we don't have set teams. Um, when you're on the worship team, you're on the big team, mm-hmm. and you'll get scheduled once a month, maybe twice a month, just depending on on who's available. Um, and so we also have guest worship leaders pretty much every weekend, mm-hmm. and so. When they come in, they need to be able to step into a Saturday rehearsal, and everything needs to be able to run fairly smooth. Um, and so that's kind of my my role is to gather the musicians required, make you know do all the charting, make sure everything is very um, very cut and dry. So that everybody knows this is exactly what's expected of me this weekend. This is how we're going to implement it. This is the exact arrangement we're going to be doing. In the exact key, they can practice to the songs in the right key. I'll make sure that the MP3s are pitched, you know, properly into the performance keys. Um, and so Saturday rehearsals are for getting that, getting all the music straight, and also getting the in-ear mixes as far as levels go. Oh, okay. Saturday, and then Sunday morning we can tweak a little bit too.
2: So
0: I take it uh, where you practice is where you perform um, the service. It's the same room, and you can save all the settings and whatnot great yeah uh, that's not always the case we we're a portable church and uh, yeah we don't practice where we place so.
1: <laughs> that, that will be the reality for our our southeast campus will be very similar to that so
0: yeah we're we're uh, quite lucky our worship leader uh, bought the same equipment for um, the rehearsal space and the the sermon um, area so we can save the files and it saves a lot of time so one one thing you might consider if if it's in the budget
1: there you go that's awesome
0: with in-ear monitors do you normally have a click track that people play to or how how do you keep the tempos straight
1: that's exactly what we do so um we at this time we run ableton um Mm -hmm. we've been using ableton for not not quite a year yet but we used to have an ipad that we would run like a tempo app And we would be able to put in all of our clicks there. But now that we have Ableton, we can actually build our set list. Um, Mm -hmm. If we are gonna be using special sounds um, or loops, we can also utilize Ableton for that, but we always have a click no matter what we're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. How has that been with new musicians coming on? Like uh, my experience has been, that's one of the stumbling blocks that uh, musicians have, uh, new musicians.
1: yeah, I would say the same thing too, um, and that's a big hurdle, especially for drummers. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a make or break thing. Like that is their audition is, hey, I'm going to give you these two to three songs. I need you to come in and play through these songs. You will be on in ears. You will have a click in your ear. You have to be able to stay on the click, and I can listen in the audition mm-hmm. and you know solo out. Are they staying with that click? Are they you know kind of going up and down? And um, and if they don't pass the audition because of that. I just I instruct them how to get to where they, they can pass mm-hmm. the audition. Mm-hmm. So it's super, super important that they can hold on to that click track.
0: Good. And who controls the click track, the starting and stopping?
1: The drummer.
0: The drummer, okay. Yeah, we've uh we've tried various different things, a uh, drummer or worship leader, and as you can imagine, there's benefits to, to each. <laughs> yeah. And downsides. Yes. You mentioned vocalists, uh, uh, in my experience, the other challenge for for newer worship uh, leaders is hearing themselves for the first time uh, with in ear monitors while they're singing. Has that been a, a stumbling block? And and do you have any suggestions for getting better at that?
1: Well, I I'm kind of a funny person, I guess, to ask about that because I don't put any of my vocal in my own. Ears, which mm-hmm. is really weird mm-hmm. um i find that when i do that i i i don't pull it from the correct place as i'm singing i'm a vocal coach so sure i i um i i'm really big about getting it to come from the the right part of your where it resonates either in your face in your chest or in your throat mm-hmm. um, and i find that when i hear a digital representation of myself it will throw me off just mm-hmm. enough to where I feel like I can't give the best vocal performance that I need to, and I will take mine out of my ear. Now I have, some of my girls really love to do two ears and mm-hmm. be in the isolated world like a studio, that just freaks me out. I, I've never been able to do that. I'm one of those people that I, I don't even like going into the studio because I don't I don't like that isolation. I love the sound of the live room mm-hmm. and the acoustics. And so I'll put one ear in and I won't have my vocal, in there. I'll have just enough of a band mix and I can hear my voice in the house fine
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to, to be able to stay on pitch, you know, to the best that I can. Um, but my girls will do different things. Some of them will use one ear like I do, but put their vocal in there. Some of them will uh, use two ears. And it just takes, it does take them a little bit to get used to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I always coach them through that the first you know, two, three times that they're on the team really working with, try, try out different things in rehearsal. Try you know, losing an ear, try putting both in, try taking your vocal out of your mix, try adding it a time, see what happens, you know.
0: Do you record your practices for um, review?
1: Um, not all the time, but we do have musicians that will put their, you know, phone recorders or little voice recorders out in the room because they want to record practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of times who's ever running sound, you know, if we ask them, hey, can you record this? I want to hear if this is gelling. Um, they can hit record on the soundboard and get that for us too.
0: Got it. Yeah, I would think with a Saturday practice and a Sunday service that the benefit to recording might not be as great as if you have an earlier in the week um, practice. And, and there I, I've i found a lot of benefit because you can actually practice to the practice recording. So oh
1: boy. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, we used to have rehearsals on thursday nights which was cool because then you had a couple days if you're like whoa i did not nail that part like you know that you have a couple days to fix it not just overnight Mm -hmm. Um, and then when we started bringing in um guest worship leaders every weekend just to be able to get them here and back home within a day or two yeah that makes sense
0: that makes sense um and how many services do you have
1: on Sunday.
0: And is it the same band for all four? Same yeah. music? Yes. Okay. So that that's a long morning, I would I would assume.
1: <laughs> yeah. Call time is well downbeats at 6 30, so everyone starts showing up about 6 15, 6 20. And 6 30 to 1230 and then we're back at 5 15 for like a quick sound check. Um, make sure that the our ears are all have all stayed the same. Nothing's changed between services and then we do a six o'clock service.
0: And if during the service somebody needs more of something that's not controlled by the avion, how do you guys have hand signals or, or that really isn't well, much of a problem?
1: No, it, it really isn't a problem because if they'll get through their let's say they're on the opening worship set, which is usually about three songs, mm-hmm. they can usually make it. You know, to, to the break and then they can text the sound guy or let me know, let the band lead know, hey, I've got a problem with my ears and try to fix it in between services.
0: Makes sense. Uh, let's transition a bit to your school that you have. Tell me about, uh, let's see, I have some notes on this. It is the Shepherd School of Music. Tell me about this.
1: Oh my goodness, so exciting. Um, God is just, he's doing the greatest thing through these uh, children and teenagers that are coming through the School of Music. Um, and we are just seeing a whole new generation rise up and really understand the calling of worship and take it seriously. And they're becoming multi-instrumentalists. So they're taking on multiple instruments, learning the value of knowing how to speak the language of the different instruments. We're training them up to be worship leaders and so and directors so they need to be able to have a good comprehensive knowledge uh, even if they don't play drums they should understand how they work and how to communicate with the drummer right. I think we should do an open hi-hat there on our count-in when we hit the chorus could you ride that cymbal like they need to understand that and they're being taught all of that they're being taught how to navigate their way through um, rehearsals through we have group classes where they'll they'll all come together and They've all been learning individual parts all month. They come together and they all play. We'll have 20 piece bands. Um, and then they lead worship once a month at different churches around the Las Vegas Valley, which has been such a huge blessing. And they're anywhere from 10 to 10 to 15, 16 years old. So they're right there and they're getting to lead for adult congregations. And it's just a super big blessing.
0: That's great. I, I think that, that would be extremely helpful. I know when I started, even after playing in, in bars, it was very different coming and playing in front of a congregation. So I think having any kind of training, I think, is a great.
1: Yeah, very, very different coming from the secular world, which is what I did for 17 years.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that in a, a yeah. few minutes, too. Um Sure. Uh, but tell me more about the, the school of music. Like um how many instructors, uh, how do you find your students?
1: So far, um we have gotten all of our students through word of mouth. We don't promote we have a little Facebook page um that we can post, you know, where they're gonna be and, and uh different clips from some of the their worship concerts and the times that they've led worship at different churches. Um we pretty much it's all by word of mouth. Um Vance and I have been in Las Vegas now for since let's see, two thousand two. So we've been here for fourteen years and have um, just made some good good uh, relationships with some churches around the valley. And so when they think, Oh, my kid wants to learn how to play guitar, the families are they're Christian families, they're like, Well gosh, it'd be great to take them to some place that's faith based where they could learn how to play Only King Forever and Right. You know how Great Is Our God or, or whatever songs that that um, that the parents are, are hearing in church. And so that's what we offer them. And they can come into to our environment. We have a studio. Um, they can do everything from learn an instrument to how to record in the studio to how to write songs. Um, all of that. How to how to play together in a group, how to communicate with one another. We'll do Bible studies, game nights. Um, all of that is part of, part of just pouring into their knowledge of what it is to be a worship leader and a worship musician
0: wonderful i i wish i was in las vegas i'd come on over
2: Come on yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: tell me about the 17 years in the secular world um what what did that entail like what where were you touring what what was that life like
1: oh gosh let's see we we started out in northern nevada and so we had a whole a whole circuit that we did there, um, as well as kind of traveling out to various places. We, oh gosh, we've played on cruise ships. We've played for every type of corporate convention, um, showrooms, rock bars, um, dance clubs. I mean, you name it, we've probably played in every situation <laughs> imaginable. <laughs> Uh, for 17 years, we did a lot of touring, a lot of traveling. Our home was our glorified storage shed, you know, for our belongings. Um, but we loved it because my husband and I, his name is Vance, we we love traveling. It's so fun. Both of us are just kind of gypsies at heart, I guess. Um, <laughs> so we we love that, and we love the fact that we got to control our own show. So um, it literally was Vance and I leading the show um and we could pick every song we we determined what we wanted to do what we didn't want to do um all of those years we we were walking with the lord we were christians and so there was there was a lot of things that we wouldn't do that was fine for other bands that were touring Mm -hmm. and on the circuit but that we were like nope that's we won't cross that line Mm -hmm. and we had to make some you know tough decisions along the way and then explain those decisions to our band members that didn't share the same views that we did mm-hmm. um, and so that was you know a little tricky here and there to do that
0: can you uh, give me an example of a tricky situation
1: yeah so tricky situation uh let's see we we went to a place that started implementing wet t-shirt contests ah. so and it, and usually they would they would they used to always do that not during the live band. Uh, portion of the night. It was always like before or after, usually after, like in the later night hours when the band was done,
2: mm.
1: we started implementing that into the middle of the, the night when we were doing our, our show. And then they asked us to start playing for them, mm. like actually play the music for the wet t-shirt contest. Keep in mind, it's not a normal wet t-shirt contest. This is like Nevada. So it was the most crude mm. wet t-shirt contest you can imagine. And, um, and so we literally put our our foot down and said we absolutely will not be the band for that. Um, we would love to continue playing here. We'd love to continue fulfilling our, our contract with you, but um, this goes against our beliefs, and, and it's awkward for me being a female and being up there because um, when they started implementing this, people would be yelling from the audience, you know, to for me to you know get out on the floor and, and part. Of, I mean, it was just awful. Like you can only imagine. I was like, I can't. There's just no way. We can't do this. And so we ended up um stepping out of that account um on purpose. There was another place that we played that we did one of our original songs, which was a um a Christian rock song, and the manager of the club found out that it was that it was a Christian song. And um, you basically said, we're not ever going to have you back because you did that. And so wow. we were with that. I mean, we were, we were fine. And, and, you know, there's certain times where you have to pick your battles and, and, um, but then there were other times when we got to minister to so many different musicians on the road and have so many great conversations about God. And, um, we're able to lead a few people to the Lord along that, that process and God was good to us the whole time. So we saw God in, in what we were doing, um, and so there was a lot of blessing that came out of that. But then when God called us into the churches, it was like an immediate uh, calling and Vance and I both um, were asked to go on staff full time at a, at a church here in Las Vegas, not the crossing, but a different one. And uh, so we stepped and stepped into that and walked through that door. it has been awesome. But through that, um, through what we were able to do for years and years, and my husband's been touring for, I don't know, 35 years. So he's, he, he was even in. He was doing it far long before we met, and then we did it for seventeen years together. All of that knowledge of music and teams and musicians and auditions and how to book a calendar and how to manage that. Um, we literally, God is using all of that for what we're doing with the School of Music, and we never would have dreamed it in a million years.
0: Yeah, I I can see a lot of parallels between uh, the touring background that you have and and your worship arts director position can you tell me some differences like a- anything that comes to mind some major differences between that type of environment and the environment you're in now
1: um let's see people don't drink all the time just kidding <laughs> <laughs> there's no alcohol um we're not in a smoky environment actually that, that's i do have to say i love not singing in a room full of smoke. That's awesome. Um, no, I, I think that I, I think that what is so cool is just knowing what we're doing, knowing that we are allowing people to have an, an encounter with God through what we are doing. And every time, every time that I get up there to lead worship, my heart is I don't I don't care if people see me. It's it has nothing to do with me. I would rather them not see me I would rather than see God through what is coming out of me and when you when you're a touring musician and you're you're out there in the secular market you're as good as your last show and you're always striving for more which is awesome because that striving gets you to be it gets you to be really good mm-hmm. you know what I mean exercising those skills like we played six nights a week sometimes 28 days in a row like without a day off I mean wow. when you're doing three four five shows a night And you're, I mean, you're, you're just doing it constantly. My vocals were made of Teflon. I mean, and it was amazing what I could do just hour after hour after hour, day after day. Whereas now it's like everything is, you know, Sundays. And so it's, it's a different, we still have to execute at such a high level, except we're not able to have the benefit of doing it Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, you know?
0: Right. But you also have more rest. Hopefully, (laughs) for your voice.
1: Yeah, you're think, right? Sounds good on paper.
0: (laughs) The school of music that that you have, that's your small business, is that correct? Yeah. Um, So as a small business owner myself, I'm sure you've encountered many challenges you didn't expect along the way. Um, Now, you have the advantage of having uh, managed a band before that, so you probably learned a lot of things along the way there, but... What have you learned about this journey in starting the Shepherd School of Music for anybody? Like, there may be other worship leaders who are thinking about doing this.
1: I would say that to to be choosy um, with who you choose to invest in, um, I think is, is a really it's a good rule of thumb because you can have you can have a lot of people. Let's say you, you placed an ad and said, hey, we're a school of music and we're opening up or whatever. Um, you can have so many different kinds of people coming. And if you're looking at it as we just want to fulfill, we just want people to fill seats. We, we want to have a certain amount of numbers in our school of music. Mm-hmm. They can sap your energy, your resources. Um, it, it can be... <laughs> it can be extremely challenging depending on a family's needs. Sometimes they look to the music teacher to fulfill all kinds of of different needs outside of music. Right. And so Vance and I have, because it's word of mouth, because we we don't advertise, um, we consider it a God-given ministry that he literally gave to us without our even really understanding what he was doing. Um, And us being careful with, okay, we have one spot open right now for a student we want to make sure that that student that we take on is going to be someone that we can really pour into and that is really open to worship and to leading others and to being diligent and dedicated in their studies because it's no fun being a teacher and the student keeps coming back week after week and they will not do what you tell them to do Mm -hmm. they're not moving forward and it's like oh you're taking you're taking a precious resource of time That we could be pouring into someone, maybe that's on our waiting list, that's waiting to get in, um, that this would be such a huge blessing for. And so we're careful um, with who we take on because we do consider it a ministry.
2: Mm -hmm. Good,
0: good point. I'll probably call you back and ask you small business questions later. but (laughs) I don't want to bore the audience with that. Do you have any words of wisdom, parting thoughts?
1: For someone in in my position, like at a, as a worship arts director, sure, sure, Oh my goodness, I would say um, I would say that knowing that I ask our volunteers um, to do such a big task on the weekends because they're they're literally giving up countless hours to practice through the material that we're doing, um, and I expect it to be executed at a really high level. Um, and, and I'm not saying that in, like, it's got to be perfect or anything like that, but but the musicians that are here understand what is what is being asked of them, and they will literally put in 10, 12, 15, 20 hours of practicing, setting up keyboard patches. I have one of my main keyboard players that, man, he wants every sound to be, like, exactly like it is on the recording. He'll come in and spend time with our boards, um, make those patches, save them, and they're, they're, they're super diligent in that. And I think one thing that I constantly need to remember is that they are giving precious time and yes, they are serving God and that is where their hearts are at, but they are also a huge blessing to the crossing church specifically. And so for me, just being that person that can always, um, encourage them, exhort them, challenge them, um, when they need to be challenged, um, Sometimes people won't push themselves to keep growing if they feel like, well, I'm just kind of doing what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we can always grow and we can always mature more in whatever instrument we play or vocally. And so I like to inspire our musicians and singers to keep going, keep, keep taking lessons from someone somewhere, um, keep getting input into your, the gift that God has given you, keep feeding that and mm-hmm. keep letting that grow. And for me to be able to, just instill that um, excitement into them. Like just cause you're 50 or 55 doesn't mean you can't learn anything else on your bass guitar. Mm-hmm. There's a world out there of things to learn. And so to keep them fired up in that um, to where when they get on that stage, they're like, wow, I've got something new to give this week. This is cool. I learned this new technique and it's actually in this song that we're playing. <laughs> you know and and to keep them fired up i think and and not allow them to get bored in what they're doing but to constantly be be challenged and to feel like they are super valued and that they're leaders here at the church that people are looking up to them i think my role my biggest role take off worship arts director is encourager of musicians mm-hmm. that's
0: what speaking of which uh can you talk to the the young kid in the congregation who's too shy to come up to you who's very talented but never played in front of people what would you tell that person
1: Oh my goodness first off I would tell that person that I know exactly how it feels cuz I've been there before all of us have been there before we've been that person that was like oh I'm learning how to play guitar but I'm really shy and I I, I don't know if I'm ready to play in front of it in front of anybody and I would coach them, number one, get over your, your fears and start playing in front of someone, whether it's your best friend, whether it's someone you FaceTime with, and you're like, can you just listen to me play this guitar part? I just need to, to get over my fear of playing in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they'll, they'll even me, and I've been doing it for, oh my goodness, my whole life, um, I'll have a song that I'll, I'll be working up for a special, and I'll, I'll do something radically different with it. And I'll be like, man I, 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 man, I don't want just my brain to tell me if this is okay. If it sounds good, I need to work out this stuff in front of someone. And so I'll do it in front of my husband. Um, we'll have a friend come over to the house and I'll be like, can I bore you terribly for five minutes and just play a song for you so that I can get over my stage fright mm-hmm. of actually doing this in front of 5,000 people on Sunday? you know? And, and to play in that intimate environment with one person staring at you, that's usually even more intimidating than a full room for a lot of us musicians and so that will really help them get over that that fear It's just getting out and playing in front of people book yourself in in something get yourself to where okay i have a date on the calendar and i'm going to be playing on january 20th for this little two-piece thing over here i'm going to get myself out there and do it super important
0: great well, thank you so much for all that you've done on this interview. It's been great. I'm sure my listeners are going to get a lot out of this. I know I have. Thank you again for your time and best of luck with your school and your ministry that you're doing.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Ted. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sonic Nuance Electronics Podcast. Please also see our blog at sonicnuance.com which has more articles on performance, equipment as well as interviews. Sonicnuance.com has handmade rugged direct boxes with phantom powered chromatic tuners as well as instrument and headphone extension cables. All products are designed, tested, and made in the USA for the ultimate in fidelity and durability. Sonic Nuance Electronics, simply sound.